this summer we're bringing you double koi gig you know what happened it was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was the I problem I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that subscribe to the OTB koi gig pod on the OTB sports app now OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar yeah, where would we be without the never-ending carousel of madness at Old Trafford? Andy Mitten from United We Stand uh, will discuss this. And chiefly Cristiano Ronaldo as this morning. Just looking at Miguel Delaney's article um, this morning, Andy, starting off, um, which I'm just reading from the Independent website here. In Cristiano Ronaldo's talks with uh, Mendes and the representatives' meetings with top clubs, a few points have been made abundantly clear. This is no game, nor is an attempt to leverage Manchester United. Ronaldo just wants to have a chance of winning the Champions League again and is even willing to take a significant pay cut to make it happen. Bless him. Bless him. <laughs> I think Manchester United fans, the vast majority, I did a poll on, on Saturday saying, how would you feel if Cristiano Ronaldo left Manchester United? And results might surprise uh, some some people in so much as how many of them wouldn't be that concerned if he left um, Manchester United? 27,000 people voted. 12% said they'd be happy if he left. 57% said they wouldn't be that bothered. And 31% said they, they'd be gutted if he did go. So I think that's pretty much how a lot of Manchester United fans are, are feeling right now. He was a success last season, but issues came with him arriving the coaching staff had no idea that he was coming he was thrown upon them at the last minute and accepted uh, United had to rip up their plans of how they were playing a style of football which had got United to second in the league and incorporate Ronaldo but he was a success without Ronaldo United's season would likely have been even worse last year in the few highlights that United had last season Ronaldo was responsible for, for most of them. Definitely helped the team get out of the Champions League uh, group stage. But I can argue strongly for and against keeping him. If he stays, he'll be cheered as he's always cheered. And if he goes, it will release a huge amount of money. And Manchester United will probably put some of that money into getting a new striker. There's not a lot of number nines around at the moment. And... This is down to Eric Ten Hag. What does he want? It's all right. Fans talking about what they would do. Fans aren't making the decisions between the player and the manager. And Eric Ten Hag is now in charge. And what he wants to do is the most important thing for for Manchester United. Oh, and he says Ronaldo was a success. He was a success in you know in in, in some metrics. But all the other offensive players did not improve. I've made this point before. Ronaldo may himself have done well, but Man United didn't become any better, in my view. So it's like you can see why that poll would be a little bit divisive on. And, like, and, and Andy, I was kind of wondering, is there a danger to that poll actually is um, sort of the mood within Old Trafford as well as the mood outside of Old Trafford and in the fan groups that there are people in Old Trafford who literally just don't know. Like the, the majority of people on that poll that you mentioned there aren't bothered one way or the other. That can't be the way the club progresses, even if it is a, a difficult conundrum at the moment. That can't be the way the club progresses if they are unbothered one way or the other, whether or not he stays or goes. You would like to think 
that Eric Ten Hag and his coaching staff have a pretty strong opinion on this and are either planning for a Ronaldo-shaped team next season or are very much planning for one without him. They can't be stuck on the fence here. You're right. United's view is uh, is not for sale and he's got a year left of his contract. Then again, it's easy to say that. If footballers want to leave a club, then they tend to leave the club. Nine years ago, uh, Wayne Rooney wanted to leave Manchester United and the club did stand firm. Alex Ferguson um, had, had gone and United said, no, you're, you're not going. And he stayed. And he had a really good season that year. But Manchester United were champions when this had happened. United are so far away from that level at the moment. It would be all right if Eric Ten Hag was decisive, but it, it's not just on him either. If he's got a player who's, who's playing games with him, then that muddies the waters further. At the moment, Ronaldo said that he's missing training this week. For family reasons, United are due to fly to Bangkok on Friday for a long tour. I'm going to go on that on Saturday. Game in Liverpool in Bangkok Tuesday. Games in Australia, back to Europe, then to Norway, then to Old Trafford. Then the season starts and there's a lot of games right at the start. Last year, um, he told Juventus that he was staying and a week later, he left the club. Last April, I was in Milan with Manchester United and a story came out that Ronaldo was going to join Manchester United and I checked it out and was told there was no truth in it whatsoever that the story was almost certainly coming from Ronaldo because he realised that Juventus were willing to to let him go. So it's, it's not clear cut and nor is the number of people who could afford his wages. From a football perspective, would he improve any of the best teams? And I say teams because individually, as you say, might still score some great goals. Commercially, he still has incredible value. And that is a factor. It was definitely a factor in Manchester United bringing him back. Commercial revenues, um, thanks to him, um, saw a big uptick. Shirts with his name on outsold. Shirts of every other player combined. And just going to games last year, I remember walking to Atalanta against Manchester United in Bergamo and talking to two Italians. And I said, "Who are you Atalanta fans? Um, so no, we're, we're Cristiano Ronaldo fans. And he's massive. He's absolutely huge. Uh, my daughter's eight years old and asks me more about Ronaldo than any football team. So he's still got huge commercial power. And as a player last year, um, he had a bit of a slump after Christmas. I think he got one goal and no assists in 12 matches. But Ralph Rangnick stuck with him partly because he had to, because he didn't want to be the person who signalled the final chapter in the career of one of the greatest players ever. Ronaldo will absolutely have his perspective. Um, He spoke out last season when he wanted to. In some ways, he's bigger. It's the biggest personality at the club by a long, long way. And you can cash in on that from a commercial perspective, but he also brings problems because when he wants to speak, he speaks. He's a bigger name than the manager. His last two managers at Manchester United. If he's not happy, is it good to have someone like that in the dressing room? So I can hit you with 50 arguments for and against keeping Cristiano 
Ronaldo at Manchester United or letting him go. Well, uh, I'm not or making the decision. Yeah. It's on Eric Ten Hag and him. T- t- if I were Ten Hag, I'd be getting rid of him. I wouldn't care who he joined, whether it was an English club or anyone else. But the, 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 I suppose the question here is, and this has been alluded to in the press, what are the other players thinking? Because there's an implication that a lot of them actually want Ronaldo to go anyway. Well, you're asking me to speak for 24 people there, and they all have very different opinions. Some of them think he's the greatest thing ever they completely look up to him um he's their their beacon in the dressing room and others don't share that opinion so you had a situation last year where you had cliques within the manchester united dressing room and ronaldo was at the head of one group of players and with some pretty powerful players around him people like bruno fernandez diogo de lots and the spanish um speakers and it's all right having different groups of players in a dressing room because every dressing room has got little cliques and groups when you're winning. When you're losing, then they tend to rub up against each other. You tend to get um, leaks coming out. Well, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And that's when it became, become really divisive because I checked stories out last year and think, that's come from a player, that. Mm. And that's aimed at going against another player. And that is not an indicator of a of a healthy dressing room. Just the stats as well. Um, twenty twenty one, seventy three goals without Ronaldo. Twenty twenty one, twenty two, twenty twenty two, fifty seven goals with Ronaldo. And I, I, I just, I do wonder. I mean, mortality and age catches up with us all, Andy. Um, he, he, you'd imagine he's going to regress slightly into next season. Who would sign him? Like, who wants him? And like, yeah, who who would sign Ronaldo? Given what you're just saying here, you're you're signing a brand, but you're also signing difficulties. You're also signing a very good footballer, and one who may uh, make you money. Ed Woodward thought he would make Manchester United money. He packaged up the deal and sold it to Joel Glazer as a commercially viable deal when Manchester United had basically spent all the money in the transfer window on Jadon Sancho and on Raphael Varane. I don't think the commercial side of it has been an issue for Manchester United. Indeed, they want to keep him. Did Juventus want to keep him? Probably not. Who would buy him now? I still think he'd, he'd, he'd score a lot of goals in almost every team. But if you look at the teams who, who were in the last eight of the Champions League and he wants to win the Champions League then they're very much about the collective. Mm. So you might get an emergency. If, for example, tomorrow, Karim Benzema got injured and had to li- couldn't play for Real Madrid for a year, there might be an example like that where they get Ronaldo because they know he can come in and do a job and there's history there. But it's, it's a hard question to, to answer. He's, he, he earns that much money that it's a problem. So he would have to take a pay cut. What's your sense on the likelihood of Chelsea wading into the, to the Ronaldo conversation? Good question, because they've got a new owner and he seems to be playing real-life football manager. And <laughs> maybe he thinks Ronaldo could do a great job and would be great for Chelsea commercially. I don't know what the thinking inside his head is, but my eyebrows have been raised a little bit by some of the goings-on at Chelsea. I'd love to know what Thomas Tuchel thinks of his new owner. Uh, Maybe they'll walk away happily 
Into the Sunset and Chelsea will be fantastic. They're current world champions and things will carry on being great for them. But I don't know. I think Chelsea's losing some, some good people, but it depends which version of the truth um, you want to believe. London is attractive to footballers as a place to live. Chelsea have certainly got money. They pay absolute top, top wages and they don't stagger those wages either, unlike a lot of top clubs. It's bank, you're getting this, you're getting this every week. A lot of clubs, including Manchester United, heavily incentivise their, their wages. So I think if Chelsea's new owner wants Ronaldo, then that's a probable. Chelsea wanted Wayne Rooney back in 2013, but Manchester United said, no, you're not going. I think it'd be much more difficult to keep Ronaldo now live comments this morning any club that signs Ronaldo now is just a vanity project and uh, that's from Albie Littlewood which of course uh, Only Fools and Horses fans will get the reference um, I, I tend to agree with that and the cool people Andy the cool kids of tomorrow they were Ericsson on the back of their Man United shirts not Ronaldo this is a big big story as well well he's a, he's a good player and if the manager wants him um, you've got to back the manager here United have been too drawn by names mm. and individuals in the last nine years uh, and I said a few weeks ago uh, exaggerating I said if Eric Ten Hag wants to bring in a player from the Dutch 8th division who nobody's ever heard of then give him the power to do that I'm not saying that um, Malathia who signed from Feyenoord is of that level because he had a very good season last year but very few Manchester United fans have heard of the new left-back mm. even a week ago. And it's got to build a team. United have, have gone down this road of bringing in big-name individuals and everyone's been taken by them, including myself. When Bastian Schweinsteiger signed, I thought, great, great player, German World Cup winner by Munich. And he, and he flopped, just as Alexis Sanchez flopped and Radamel Falcao flopped. There's a really strong miss rate for Manchester United's um, signings so Ericsson he'll be welcomed like all signings are they all benefit from that flush of optimism and if they're not performing then pressure builds very quickly on them individually there's a lot of hate around from Manchester United fans towards Manchester United players uh, one who's almost certain to go is Andreas Pereira going to Fulham mm. United will probably make £10 million on him he's not good enough to play for Manchester United every week but he's a decent footballer and he's a decent lad and he's a hard working pro and Manchester United need to be smarter in the sales than they have been just, like just go back Pereira. there you said, you said the word hate this just seems very very strong Andy like that, that that's and you, you were watching from afar um, is it that level of kind of festering resentment hate you'd even say I'd say online hate mm. crucially it's very very different inside the stadium at matches I think the players and the managers feel very supported in real life, but online, you've seen it. You've seen the news stories around it. It's awful. And it's not just Manchester United uh, either. I saw um, Andre Gomez uh, for Everton announcing that he was back in pre-season training yesterday and got a lot of abuse. And that's someone who's been very open about his mental uh, well-being in the past. So we could talk for two hours about, about social media and the cesspit that a platform like Twitter can mm. be. But when you're at Manchester United, it is so high profile that people are jumping on you and abusing you um, straight away. You know, one misplaced pass and you're getting abused. It's absolutely ridiculous. So when a team like United 
lose six consecutive away games, that abuse really boils. And yeah, I'd use the word hate and I'd, I'd stand by that. What about Frankie de Jong? This is fascinating as well. Is this going to happen? United's understanding and my understanding is that Barcelona want to sell him. Uh, Eric Ten Hag absolutely wants him. I think Frankie de Jong has been almost perfectly happy in Barcelona, living in a city where he wanted to live in for a long time with with his partner. Been a good player for Barca. Not a great player. I probably watched him 20 times last year. His best game was against Real Madrid away in that 4-0 win. Uh, Xavi likes him. He earns too much money for Barca. He'd have to take a, a pay cut. Um, so I'm presenting you with the facts there. If you're going to ask me yes or no, I think it's probable that he will leave Barca for Manchester United. I don't know of any other suitors. And I know Barcelona very well. I speak to a lot of people at Barcelona. And I don't know of any other suitors for him at the type of fee that United and Barca have been negotiating for. So there's a lot of brinkmanship around at the moment. Barca are saying, we don't need to sell him. The president, John Laporte, has been pretty strong with that in the last week. Those words could only drive the price of the player up rather than down. Imagine if you said the opposite. Yeah, we want to get rid of him as soon as possible. Then that plays absolutely into... Manchester United's hand but he's the number one target for Eric Ten Hag and for Manchester United I spoke to a lot of coaches in Spain a couple of weeks ago about him people who who view football at a professional level and they were absolutely glowing about him I was surprised because I watch him with my own eyes I can see there's a good player there and they were saying he can be so much better than he is because he's played in the wrong role at, at Barca so if he signed for United I and many other Manchester United fans would be excited by that. Give us briefly your, your starting eleven at the moment for next season as we stand. As we stand, um, De Gea, because Henderson's gone. Left back, oof, Luke Shaw. But I'm going oof because there's now three left backs. There. Yeah. Um, Raphael Varane, Harry Maguire a new highly motivated Harry Maguire because he had a poor season last year which was highlighted along with a lot of other players right back oof difficult one Delo but I'm not watching him in training every day central midfield Dijon Ericsson uh, Jaden Sancho everyone is just waiting for whether Ronaldo's in this team or not keep going Andy I don't know the answer <laughs> You have three more players. You only had four, three you know, you at know, the moment. A man came up to me the other day. I was covering the Tour de France in um, in Copenhagen, and, and I quite like getting off football for a little bit because otherwise it just fries your brain. Fries your brain. You need to get off the carousel every like hour anyway. Well, I couldn't because Sky rang me in the UK and said Ronaldo <laughs> wants to leave. Can you come on TV in one hour? Oh, just at the finish line at the Tour de France, and then a man put a camera in my face. A Manchester United fan. And started filming me and said, yes or no, is Dijon coming? Yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> and? I learned, I learned a long time not to answer questions like that. When in 2003, uh, a work colleague of my, of my then partner said, David Beckham, yes or no, is he coming to Barcelona? And uh, I said, yeah, he probably is. And then for like three months later, he was giving me abuse because I was wrong. But <laughs> was there any any advantage to me giving him that answer when I didn't know the, the full a- answer to it. Ronaldo, um, I suspect he will go. 
Um, and I might be wrong there. I think Marcus Rashford will feature strongly, but he's got to perform because he hasn't been doing. Uh, Anthony Martial's another interesting one. Not been performing either. Really poor loan spell at Seville. Um, and then the, the old favourites, McTominay, Fred. Tenarg has probably not decided. I'm almost certain he's not decided who his starting eleven is going to be against Brighton in a, in a month's time. And he's got a month to work through that. What I am hearing is very good things from the training ground about him on the grass, um, about his directness, about um, the drive. And that's after a week or two from multiple sources. After a week or two of Ralph Rangnick, I was not hearing that. And when I communicated that, Manchester United fans just didn't want to hear that. No, no, no. Tell us the version of the truth we want to hear. Um, But with Ten Hag, I'm, I'm hearing good stuff. I heard fantastic stuff uh, about um, um, United's um, last Dutch manager, 2013. And Louis van Gaal had made a wonderful impression and pre-season was fantastic and Real Madrid were destroyed and United staffers were going up to van Gaal saying, thanks for bringing this club back, thanks for bringing the spirit back. And then the team lost the opening day at home to Swansea City. So beware... Of the false preseason profits. Yeah, the, 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 sorry, go ahead on. Andy, just gonna like so. so sorry, what's what's the team here? We we got to the the young, uh, we got the Ericsson and we had Sancho. So your your front three is Rashford, and who else? A couple of notes here. This team is so bad that defense. This is actually coming from upstairs in OTB, and apparently Andy, you've picked more than eleven players, which might help for Man United next season. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know the answer. I'm all <laughs> over the shop with where the team's going to be because I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows. You want to hone it down, then? Yeah, okay, I'll say uh, Ericsson, De Jong, as 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 the as two. Um, it's really hard, really hard question. Ask me, uh, ask me in a couple of weeks when I'm on the preseason tour in wintry uh, Melbourne or wintry Perth, and I'll give you a better answer when I've seen in my own eyes. But if you want to ask me about the Tour de France, I'm right up to date on that. What was that actually? It was it was amazing. Um, I'm not a cycle journalist and. I was interviewing people like Gerard Thomas. Um, I, had a, I had a rider uh, driving the car I was in. I was in the, the Shimano neutral service car, which was in the middle of, of all the riders. And he was a Dutch rider who'd been in Stephen Roach's team in 1987. And I'm not a massive cycling fan. I've done a couple of ro- long, long rides. But I remember Roach coming round the corner at La Plange as a teenager and seeing that on television. And I swear it's one of the greatest moments in sport that I've ever seen. I think he was catching Pedro Delgado. And I don't know what you had on Irish TV, but on on British TV, it was something like, who's that coming around the corner? No, no, it can't be. It can't be. It's Roach. It's Stephen Roach. And I remember thinking, this is magnificent. At a time when no British riders came close to winning the tour at all. So to have someone from pretty nearby, I, I took great pride in that. And on Saturday, to be with someone who was in his team, who won the first stage that year in 87 when Roach won it, was brilliant because I could just soak all this information in from him as he told me about the tactics of the tour and what was going on and sort of nod and pretend I knew what what he was on about. And it was really nice. And I counted football shirts along the way. Liverpool won. Liverpool fans listening to this will be delighted about that. Manchester United came second. And uh, well, Denmark won actually, so I'm going to take that trophy away from Liverpool, just like Real Madrid did with the European Cup. 
Yes or no? Is he on the uh, trip to Asia? I'd be surprised if he was. Andy, Probably. thanks, thanks as ever. Take care. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.